Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My name is Jesse Moore, and welcome to Icon Leadership Podcast. Today on the show, we have Rafael Gonzalez. Rafael, man, glad to have you today. Hey, thanks for the opportunity, Jesse. Hey, no problem, man. Tell me, uh, give me a little history on you, on yourself. Um, so I've been working at Baylor Scott White Hillcrest for about 12 years. Uh, I've been in a leadership role probably for about six and a half, seven years now, uh, running the supply chain services over there. So, um Got a great team, work good together, um, enjoy working, got the passion for it. So good. That's, that's what makes it easy for me. Good, 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 good. Tell me about your family. Yeah, uh, I got a wife, Elizabeth, been married 18 years, two kids, one 20 years old, my son, Andrew, and then I got a daughter, 17-year-old, who's a senior at Midway this year. Okay, all right, man. So, uh I heard through the grapevine that your son's a great uh, baseball player. Is that true? Or that... Uh, he is. I mean, yeah. he's a good pitcher. He pitches. He, he's done some good deals, but uh, he's taking a break from that now So okay. and trying to focus on other things. So well, Good, 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 yeah. man. So tell me, what got you into leadership? Uh, to be honest with you, where I'm at now, it just the shoes fell in the right position. Okay. Um, you know, I started back at Hillcrest probably – I started the last shift mm-hmm. every other weekend, the lowest, uh, the entry level type deal, and wow. I just learned. I was, I'm a guy that just learns and thrives on gaining knowledge, and right. you know things just focus uh, happen in the right times and right places. I became a uh, just like a coordinator over the OR, right? Uh, a little over a year after my first year there, right? And ran the OR for a couple of years and. Uh, was a coordinator there working with that team for a good couple of years. And then I became a coordinator over the hospital, uh, switched pros with someone else and right. uh, did that for like a year and a half. And then, you know, one of our managers retired and then that gave me the opportunity to move up into the supervisor role. And that's where I've been ever since. Right. So tell me, so you got into your role as a, as a leader, as a supervisor, manager, as uh, from working hard. Yeah, just, right. just putting in the work. Like, I right. mean, like when I interview new candidates or things that work for me, just, you know, just the passion. That's what I look for. I'm gonna, you know, working in healthcare, you got to have right. the passion. You got to have the want to to get up every day to go to work. Right. So let me ask you this question. Did you pass anyone up? Yes. Yes. Uh, how did they feel about that? Um, I don't I don't think they felt bad about it. Right. Um, the good thing is, is, our previous, you know, director, whatever his, 
his main goal wasn't uh, yeah he looked at seniority type deal but he looked at people that got the job done and the right, right fit for the right person so you're saying that hard work and dedication got me got there. you in that job yeah. right good and this kept me there and kept you there good good so okay so so you know a lot of people you know they go to college and all this stuff like that tell me about your college did, is there any college involved or any I, college or? i did go to college uh uh went to um I an IT school. I went to TSTC for a year and a half there. But I mean, I don't have anything a degree in what I do now. It's just learn. I've learned my process. I've learned the process, and you know, I look forward to maybe trying to take some classes here or there into the supply chain management role. Right. Uh, that way, I can continue to grow with in in um, this field and things. But as of right now, just getting my kids through there first. Right. Oh, I get you. I got you, man. That's good. That's great. So, uh, tell me. Uh, how do how does your day begin in, in, when you get to work? Uh, first of all, you know we walk into a storeroom full of probably anywhere between eighteen to twenty pallets uh, of supplies that are both in green totes and case quantities that are delivered from our distribution center up in Temple. And so, as a team, we tackle that uh, staging different departments where they supposed to go mm -hmm. and then our morning half consists of morning half consists of us just really delivering our supplies to the our customers our units to make sure that each nursing unit gets what they need um as a time in the morning i i get on a leadership call at nine o'clock right with the all the leadership of scott and white hillcrest both clinics and hospital right. people um 10 o'clock i got a leadership with my Department supply chain leadership right. huddle we have at ten o'clock weekly. So y'all have a lot daily. Of, so y'all have a lot of meetings. Yeah, mornings. My mornings <laughs> are mainly consist of a lot of different meetings that I got to deal. With, but also, just work on right now. You know, supply chain demand is just it, it, it's struggling. It's hard. But you know, I work on a lot of issues, supply issues, trying to get it in to make sure we have what we need for our patients and other customers. Right. So tell me. So you're saying that your supply chain getting your stuff is is hard. So that happened with the pandemic. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, we've seen a lot more ever since and stuff. It's just, uh, I guess, a lot of different vendors and stuff have struggling with workers and people working and things like that to supply the needs of, you know, of what healthcare needs and other facilities, not just in really healthcare, but I see it in all kinds of deals. Okay. Uh, the supply chain's just, you know, it's having the aftermath of the pandemic type deal, but uh, I mean, it's gradually getting better. So, so. I know that, you know, when the pandemic hit, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, things that happened. You know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people died. A lot of people quit, you know, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people because they had no choice. You know, some of them got so sick they couldn't, you know, function like they normally would function, you know, such as, you know, uh, running and, you know, jogging and, you know, just doing their exercises and stuff like that. So in your department, man, how do you how do you manage you know, or how did you manage during your pandemic? I know there had a lot of people calling in and, yeah. you know, and so forth. Tell me what happened. Man, it's just, it's just the team commodity that I have and I built, that we built as leaders in the supply chain that we just all work together, no matter whether they were with the Periot team or they're with like my team, which is the med surge and the hospital units and things. Right. You know, we just, we knew at the, we knew at the end of the day that our, customers and patients couldn't feel 
the shortness or you know the staff shortness or anything like that because at the end of the day they still needed their stuff to be taken care of right as well as us but yeah there were some long struggle days that we had you know just a handful of us in because um you know i did get we did get hit pretty hard with our team with the COVID people you know right and with not being a lot of us it, it was really challenging but you know we just all stepped up together and right. even as a leader myself just you know Strapped up and put, you know, went to work myself on the floors and units as well. Yeah, you laced up the boots and got yeah. it, got to it yourself. But man, what motivates you, you know, to be a leader? You know, because you know, I just me myself, I like to see other people succeed. Yeah. And if I see them doing well, man, I I feel good, you know. And then if I feel good, you know, I you know I, I feel like man, God feel good because yeah. that's where I get my directions from Him, from you know, from God, and I give them out, pour them out to my people. So tell me, you know, what what it does make you feel good. I mean, like I mean, anytime I get a lot of compliments, you know, from leadership and things like that, you know, I directed it to my team because, you know, yeah, I'm the face of, you know, the name and the face of our department and right. stuff with nursing and things like that. But they, they do hands down the hard and grit part of it, you know, right. and so they're deserving of the same praise as I do. So it makes me feel good when I get the compliments and things too, right. because I take pride in, you know, right. I take pride in, is that is, is that's my job, you know, to make sure that they have what they do. And, you know, there's times where I got to be not the nice guy or whatever because things didn't get done. And, you know, I got I got consequences and things for you at the time deal because I'm so passionate to make sure right. the nursing levels knows that, you know, they know my dedication to it and they know my um, kind of like they know what I see for right. on a daily basis. I got um, it. So, you know, if my if I'm if my team's successful – I'm successful. If they fail, I fail. Right, absolutely. So you know, I I don't I don't just take the wins. I'll take the hits and the lose losses as well. Oh, I got it. I got it. So, what are some of the most difficult decisions that you know you have to make? Um, uh, man, you know what's real hard is with me not being clinical. Is you know with the shortage of supply chain is you know temporary products coming in. You know I got to figure without. Uh, without really being able to talk to the nursing leaders at the at a critical time if it's something that's critical I get their opinion on it but there's times where we got to make decisions on whether or not this sub is an apple to apple kind of thing right or you know is it not necessarily needed and so a lot of things that I've run into is you know yes there's a sub available but the machines or the brands that we have currently in our system they just don't work with them right right and so you know it, it becomes a challenge and what we do is just you know for situations like those we just really focus and um get a head count on what what quantity we have sure and try to make sure we spread it out evenly to make sure everyone's covered with some of the product so 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 if a, a patient needs a certain thing for a certain piece of equipment for uh, a heart valve or something like that. Does that go through you too? You have to do the ordering on those things? Not really. Not really? My, my, mine's are more like, um, you know, just the supplies for it. Like anything with the equipment stuff is mainly done through the, like the biomed and things like that. So, you know, mine's would be more like the hoses or, you know, anything that patient might need for that certain deal. It's not so much, or like a tubing or something like that right. that might go to a certain uh, right. kind of machine. So you have how many people do you supervise over there? I'm over seven. Seven, 
Uh, I'm over seven, and the other supervisor over seven. We have 14 total. Okay. So how do you reprimand your your staff when something happens? What what is? How do you do it? Um, you know, we do daily huddles, and so we we talk about it amongst each other and things to see what we can get done. I try to have the game plan and the mindset and the game plan already. Uh, kind of approachable for them. And then, you know, I take their feedback on whether or not it would really work or not. But for the most part, uh, when I go into situations like that, I've already done some research and done on it, uh, done my research on it to where I could explain the situation a little better and have a handle on how to handle it. Right. So you have, so, so you have a person that, that, that comes in tardy all the time. Yeah, it yeah. used to. Oh, that's it. That was just a question. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, yeah, so if I got you... someone that comes in tardy all the time, it's just it's bad. It's bad morale for my team because what I try to do is keep it level across the, right. the playing field. I got great t- people, and you know, the worst thing you would ever do, uh, you know, want to do is have someone that's just has that kind of problem type deal. But you know, I, I I'll bring them in, talk to them. Sure. See, see if there's any way you could work with their schedule or sure. anything that better fits their family, you know, their outside work needs sure. as well. Because, you know, like I tell a lot of people, if you take away the hours you sleep, mm-hmm. you spend most of your time with the people you work with. Right. You know, so at the same time, they got to be able to count on you. Right. Oh, wow. Great. That's great information. So tell me this. So so now, if you know, uh, as you know, the the workforce is getting younger. Okay, yes. so how do you deal with a younger workforce, such as okay, so so you came from you're old school. You yeah. know you want to get to work maybe 15 minutes, you know, early. Yeah. You know, you know you want to be in your 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 designated area on time at eight o'clock in the morning. So, but you got these kids that that's 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 these new millennial kids. They're on time for them was in the parking lot at eight o'clock. Yeah, you know, but or not walking at, in right, at eight, right, right yeah. at eight o'clock. So, how do you manage? You know, how do you manage that? Um, you know, like I tell them, a situation is to look at it. And our field of working in healthcare is, you know, everyday issues happen. There's going to be a flat tire. There's going to be traffic or something that's going to cause you a few minutes late and things like that. But you got to be able to prepare yourself the day before, I believe, you know, get your mindset right that you, if you have the willingness to want to be there and work, none of that really makes factor because you're going to run ahead of schedule. Right. And things like that. So, you know, like I try to talk to the younger generation is just, is, you know, being on time is not, is, great because you're not delaying everybody else's time right you know whether it's meetings whether it's getting to work whether it's getting your stuff to the units first thing in the morning or you know after breakfast kind of thing right you know, just think about that patient that's laying there if it was your family member you would want them to have what the nurse needs for them for their care a lot sooner rather than later right so tell me this so what's the difference between uh supervising a group of people and raising your own kids um, <laughs> it, it's, it's practically the same because I, I, I give the same speech to my kids, right. you know, like, you know, I got one in college, uh, you know, doing that now and one in high school. And like I tell them is, is drive to do when you look for a job and things that you want to do, look what's going to wake you up in the morning and get you there. 
if you just doing a job just to do it, then you're gonna have those days that you you want to call in or do it just because you don't feel like it and things like that. And that's just not the mindset to have. You know, you want to have the mindset and you know the work ethic. You know that you, if you were the boss, what you would want in return. And you know, and, and like I tell them, I said one day you can get there. Right. You know, it's just you got to put in the hard work first, and you know. Right. Right. So, you know, uh, my mom was a school teacher and my dad was a supervisor at a plant. <laughs> and, you know, they they taught me, you know, how to how to work. You know, they taught me how to work. They they told me to uh, make sure I get there early. Mom would always say, uh, uh, you get to work early, you know, leave early because you never know if you have a flat or something like yeah. that. You, you know, you can fix the flat and still be to work on time, you know. I don't have to be to work till sometimes like six, but I'm I'm at work at five thirty, you know, just so I don't want to be faced with the unknown when I get there. So by the time my first patient show up, man, I'm already ready. I done went through everything. I already know what's going on. I'm like the FBI. Yeah. You know, by the time they come in my department, you know, I already know. I'm just want them to tell me what's wrong. What's going on? With what's it, going yeah. on? Because I already know. You know. Yeah. And that's one thing good about my kids. You know, they got they got a good head on their shoulders. They like to run. My son's like me. He's a, a morning person. Right. My daughter's not so much of a morning person, but she does she does set her times. Right. She knows what it takes for her to get to that place and deal. And so, you know, she she counts for all that stuff prior to going to bed the night before. Right. And things to set her alarm appropriately for what she needs to be up for. Did your your parents, you know, teach you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're always they, they always taught me like you know being on time. Right. You know, going there. You know, even. You know, going to church and stuff, make sure I wasn't late and things yeah, like right, that. And, right. and, you know, when I grew up in the church, you know, I, as a younger kid, I was an altar server. And then, you know, I ushered at the deal. So being right. there early was always, you know, it, it was always an impact on me. And like you said, I don't try not to run behind or things unless, you know, some incidents do happen every now and then that cause you to do. But I'm like you, man. Um, you know, I'm supposed to be at work at eight. I'm probably there no later than seven thirty, if not earlier. Most cases, right? Other situations to kind of right. know what's going on. So, so you brought back church, man. You know, uh, you know that has a lot to do with it. So, uh, because my grandfather was a minister, and so and so I was I was raised up in the church, you know, and so I, I listened to everything that was that was going on yeah. i listened to it but i you know you know I, I fell off just like we all do you know what i'm saying you know so but so you got that kind of that church background in you because you say that you was altar boy sung in the yeah, choir and I all did. that stuff i don't attend nowadays as i used to right, but right. yeah as i was and i was you know with my parents and right. in their household you know right they went so i was required i went for the respect for them and required to go as well yeah because no I, ha I had my, to go no matter what my Saturday night life was. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mama used to say, whatever, I don't care what time to get in, but I'll tell you one thing, you better be ready to go yeah, to church in the morning. Yeah, ready to go. <laughs> yeah, man. Tell me, man, so how do you uh, reward your staff, you know? Um, you know, I try to do little things here and there. You know, sometimes we'll do things as a group and, you know, have lunch or do something like that. Sometimes it's just, you know, one does something outstanding one week is, you know, even – let them know that you appreciate them, but just even knowing what they, their likes and dislikes. Like, you know, I got some that prefer Gatorade or things like that to drink versus a, a, a soda or something. So, you know, I'll get them like a Gatorade or something in the snack just sure. for, you know, doing a good job and keeping them deal. Or, you know, they like sodas or something like that. Right. Every now and then, you know, 
depending on situations, you may just buy lunch or stuff like that as well. Right, right. So, so uh, you were talking about your uh, uh, the younger. I was I was talking about the younger generation. So, so now you have these kids that come in. Uh, you have you know the young ladies that have you know kids. Yes. You know, and they have to drop their kids off and stuff like that. And so sometimes you have to alternate their schedule. Okay, so the schedule says, you know, you have to be here at 8 o'clock. But then, they, you know, they're like, they have something to do. They have to yeah. drop their kids off. And so I, I understand that. Yeah. It's okay because I have a daughter. I have two daughters. And I was like, you know one thing? You know, if you need whatever time you need, you know, just let me know. If you, the kids get sick, you know, drop the kids off. I can adjust it. Yeah, we can work. We can work around. I it. like being notified. Yeah, the part is when you're not notified. That's that's when you become issues because you're then you're expecting them to be there and stuff like right. that, or you're being asked about them and then right. you don't know they're not there. Right, and things like that. But yeah, that's one thing I you know I even stress that to my own kids is like if you are running late. Or if you are going to be late or you're behind schedule, right? Let them know in advance. Yeah, that right. Way they they know the situation, and it's not like a last minute lie or drama type deal or something right. like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we'll accommodate anything like that. I mean, you know, for me, family's big, right. so you know, I I know there's uh, people out there that got other issues and things like that. But right. you know, team does a real good job of getting there on time and things like that. So you know, I don't have that much of a problem with late and tardiness right. but and i'm grateful for that because uh you know i, I do got some some hard workers and right. people that, are, that like what we do oh i got it i got it so tell me this man so with today's society uh with today's society you can see that there is a um, a lot of uh, mental health issues that's going on you know mm-hmm. you get a lot of that so tell me how do you deal with uh with mental health issues, being a supervisor, you know, I, I don't know if you have any, but you know, yeah, I really how would you? Have, yeah, I really don't have much of it um, at all, like with in, in the role that I'm in. Right. But I mean, first step to always, you know, trying to handle any situation is being able to have a conversation and and really know what they're going through. And, right. And try to put your if you can put yourself in their shoes yes. to see how, you know, see what it is and then do the research and right afterwards and planning on how you can help it right. and help them in situation and be successful as well. Right. So you're telling me, so when you say that you do, you, um, do you think you have to have a relationship with your staff before you can? I don't think so. No, I don't think you have to have a relationship. I think I'm one that has w- with them. That way I'm on a more personal level right. with them and things. But I'm also that person that can separate, you know, friendship from right. being down, you know, as a, a boss person as well. Right. But I think if you, if you, my, my, my always saying was when I was taught is treat others how you want to uh, be treated. And that's right. just what I've lived by. You know, like I don't ask any of my staff to do something I wouldn't do. Right. Absolutely. You know, and right. things like that. So, you right. know, there's, that's just my motto I've always gone with and things. And so I, you know, at the same time, I, I try to get to know them right. at the same time. That right. way I can have a heads up on, on what goes along with them and things like that. You know, if I do see them, 
struggling or right. you know try to come in later. So, you know, it would be the courteous thing to pull on the side, make sure they don't have any issues, right? That they just don't want to talk about, right? Right. So yeah. So you know, and that's what I was hitting on because you know, there's a lot of things that's going on, you know, and you know, in this society, and you know, mental health health is a is a big deal. Used to not be such a big deal, but now, you know, uh, everybody's going through something right now, and the um, uh, I think it's uh, it's it's sometimes people have these problems and they bring them to work. And, you know, it's us as supervisors. We need to be able to notice when there's something going on, you know, with these people. If, they, if their pattern is just a little bit different because we don't want them to, you know, <laughs> to come yeah. in and, you know, and, 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 and uh, go ballistic or anything like that on the staff. Or you don't want them to hurt themselves or, or like we work with patients all the time yeah. or, hate a, or hurt a, pra- a patient, you know, or yeah. do the wrong thing, you know. So we have to uh, make sure that we are aware of our, you know, our, our staff what they're doing and and how I do that is through relationships you know yeah. I try to get to know them you know know their kids and and so forth so tell me this though so tell me about your your, your team how diverse is your team um it's pretty diverse you know I got a I got our whole team you know I got older generation people and to the younger generation millennium people that do but I think that you know I think it opens the eye mm-hmm. to one another because they can see they see the different work ethics, you know, on the way. And you know, when I team up with them, they see kind of like where I come from as a work and what you know how and what I want to do and things like that. But you know, my team is real diverse uh, throughout the department. Okay, I think we have a good relationship and things like that. You know, keep it that way uh, and, and stuff like that. So have you? Uh, uh, those who you don't know, his last, his first name is Raphael, and his last name is Gonzalez, and you know that does not. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is. Uh, what do you? Uh, what is? What do you? What is your? What do you go? I'm Hispanic. You're Hispanic. Yeah. Okay, tell and, me. And I'm just right. At, I mean, I'm named after my dad. I'm a junior, right? And okay, stuff like that. So right. you know, I come from a Hispanic family. Both of, my parents are both Hispanic. You know, on both sides, my mom and my dad. Right. So you know, it just. It just comes, we're just a close family, like not just immediate, but throughout the whole family. You know, my aunts, uncles, and cousins, we just all have a close relationship and always there for one another. Right. And so, so that's just what I kind of take my aspects to work with that as to right. and, and deal with it as well. So, so, so tell me about, so how do you, uh, being a uh, Hispanic you know, leader, you know, or just say just a Hispanic associate, you know. Yeah. Okay, so have you run into any issues as you, you know, you know. Uh, Personally, no. Yeah, right. I haven't. You know, it's just, you know, where I, we where we work at, I think they do a great job on the diversity and, and expanding, you know, leadership roles or any executive roles to – whoever's qualified more or less than, you know, no matter what you are, white, black, Hispanic, or anything like that. It's, I see a lot of mixture of it at my job. There's, you know, right. thing and things like that. So, and even as far as like nursing, you know, you get a lot of them that are the same way. I mean, but I think at the end of the day, we all come together as one team. Sure. Because we got one goal is, right. you know, is to take care of the patients. Absolutely. So when you hear the words, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, what comes to your what comes to your mind? Or what does that mean to you? Um, 
it just kind of means, I don't know. I don't know how to think about that. You put me on the spot there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it don't have nothing bad to me. It's just, it's different cultures, different uh, people just coming together to me. I mean, like me, I don't see the outside color of the skin. I just see the person for who they are. Right, exactly. And so that that's 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 a perfect answer, man. That's yeah. exactly what you want, you know. So when you think about diversity, you know, you think about uh, you know, you, me, you know, yeah. and you know, and, and everyone else. And you everybody know? else. Everybody's yeah. included, you yeah. know, diverse, you know, uh it, no matter what it is. You know, so uh why do why do you think diversity being uh in your department, you know, there's a mixture of people. You have black, white, Hispanic, you know. So yeah. what is it, what is, uh, what is that, what does that mean to you? Uh, what does that, you know, matter it me, to you? It, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, you know, I just, the the closeness and the teamness, they work together and things to me, it shows that it don't matter to them either. You know, um, I don't, when I look to hire, I'm not, looking out for a particular person or whatever. I mean, I'm best what I think is going to that's going to fit in with my team, you right. know, what's going to help them, uh, you know, con- continue to be successful. Right, right. And, you know, like I said, it doesn't matter white, black, Hispanic, Asian, anything. And if you can, you know, collaborate what we're trying to accomplish on a daily basis there. Right. And and you're a good fit and you're on time, you know, on time and right. dependable for my team and they can count on you and you're a team player. Right. That's all that matters to me. That's it, man. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what color you yeah. are. Just as long as we all, you know. Yeah, we're all there for the same goal. For on the same goal, right. Absolutely, man. So tell me uh what advice would you give to a a new person that's coming into leadership of, or, or a person that uh, would want to be in leadership? Just be open-minded. I think you got to really be open-minded because you do, we do deal with a lot of different um, situations. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people think leadership's oh, more of a layback, you know, easier type deals, but we, we handle a lot more of the personal issues or the, um, uh, critical issues that you won't see at an entry-level position because they're there to get the job done. It's our job to make sure they're successful. Right, right. And, you know, and that's the one thing I would tell them is, you know, as if you want to become a leader, you got to be that person that's not going to just demand your staff to do it. you got to be willing to be there too and lead them and, you know, coach them. Right. You know, because when they don't succeed or whatever, coach them and, you know, pick them up and, you know, let's get it the next day type deal. You know, right. everybody has failures. Everybody's going to fail at something. Right. I mean, I'm not perfect at what I do there. Right. There's days that, you know, I may, there's days that I can't get a doctor or a nurse what they need. And, you know, it, it's an unsuccessful day for me. But, you know, I come back the next day challenging, trying to make sure I can come up with something better. Right. Right. And as a leader, you just got to be able to handle those mixed emotions and things like that. If you could do anything differently as a leader, what would it be? Um, I probably would have stood in school longer and, and worked more closer to a degree type deal. But at the same time, you know, it's just I have passion for what I do, you know, and I just put it in everything that I do, whether it's work, right. whether it's with my family, you know, right. or 
coaching or anything that you know my kids sports or whatever i mean whatever it is just you got to be don't commit to something if you're not going to give the passion and the work for it yeah right i got you man so uh who's your role model don't say me i'm just playing <laughs> i'm just playing <laughs> Who's your role model? I don't know, man. You know, my parents were pretty good set role models. They, you know, they, they got me into working young. Oh, I got into working young because I was that guy that just – I was a kid that liked to make money and, you know, right. and, and be able to purchase what I wanted and things like that. So, you know, my parents are good role models and things like that, I mean, that I looked up to and stuff because they were – they're both retired now. So, you know, they put in their dues. And, right their time and things in there and you know i'm glad they get to enjoy retirement with each other and stuff like that and right and it, it helps us out too because now they got you know they get to go support their grandkids and school events school deals because they're retired they're not working right. having to continue to work and stuff like that so well good good man good man thank you so much man for coming to do this interview no it's problem. like pulling teeth man you, you i know <laughs> you, you, you've been on my case a lot and i was like man i'm i'm always there for you and you know that and you know, I look forward to continue working with you. All right, man. I really appreciate it. That's all, folks. Uh, we want to thank Rafael Gonzalez for coming on the podcast. You can find the show anywhere you get your podcast. You can find us at RogueMediaNetwork.com, or you can email us at IconLeadership at gmail.com, or our website, which is IconLeadership.org.